Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Um, this is the latest episode of Broken Oars Indoors, and we are ranging somewhat further afield, um, as we did with our last episode, where we were talking uh, to all the way around the world to New Zealand. Um, this week, we are talking to Justin and Stephen of Live to Row, all the way from Florida. Thank you very much for um coming on the pod uh please tell us a little bit about yourself about live to row and you know how you come to be talking to us now sure um thanks for having us definitely um i'm justin kust i was i started rowing um in 1998 in high school um out of a club that's literally a mile and a half down from the road or down the road um from the studio that we're in right now um, I rode there for four years, pretty competitive. Um, then I went to the university of Florida, rode and coached there. Um, I've basically been rowing or coaching or both uh, since 1998. So a lot of strokes, a lot of meters, um, and coached, uh, coached a lot of kids and a lot of adults. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and, and Stephen, have you had a similar sort of history through things or? Yeah, so actually Justin and I met at the club that he mentioned that's right down the road from the studio um, back in 2001, which was my introduction to the sport. But I literally I did, knew nothing more, nothing about rowing at the time. And uh, I jumped in as a coxswain um, for four years at the club. And as I sort of finished out my time at the, at, at the club there, I stepped in and did a little volunteer coaching and coxing for the master's program there. And I went off and coached along with Justin for about a year and a half at sort of the club college level and then picked it up coaching masters for about four to five years until we got back together and started coaching junior boys um, from about, what, 2010 to 2016. And uh, it's been pretty much lived to row from then on up. Thank you. So, guys, I mean, slightly direct question but just to to get an idea i'm i'm guessing from the timelines you've given me that that you're pretty pretty young when you i mean what's the name of the club uh we rode for the orlando area rowing society okay. so they call it horse right <laughs> okay um and you would have been what uh early teens when you joined or yeah we were both 14 freshmen in high school so we rode all four year in high school Okay, ju just for the uh, the GB listeners, freshman is fourteen. Then it's what sophomore, sophomore senior, junior, yeah, junior, senior. So those okay, are your four sophomore, years junior, senior. Years. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> you got to remember we're we're like working off old episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and the <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's dating me pretty badly. With with that kind of rowing history, how I mean, how far did you get competition wise, school and university? What what were your big kind of career highlights there? As far as my rowing career, um, we rowed and competed at nationals. Ended up top ten in the in the men's eight at U.S. Uh, U.S. Rowing Youth Nationals. I think you did as well. Correct? Yeah, I finished seventh 
or seventh or eighth as a coxswain um, at, at youth nationals as well. That was a big goal of our program when we were there um, as rowers was get to nationals, make the B final, get yourself top 10, you know, top 10 in the country's got a nice ring to it. Um, and then on the coaching side, when we took back over the program and starting running it, that was the goal as well was get eight to nationals, get them top 10. Um, we achieved that a couple of different times in the, in the lightweight eight. And then um, our last year we qualified, we qualified the heavy eight, the light eight, the four, Correct. Yep. Um, all the nationals. So once we had achieved top 10, it was all about get more seats to nationals. It seems like you're not just kind of like club rowers. You're, you're like seriously high performance guys. I mean, that, yeah, that, we, yeah. We sorry, we, we had coached kids who, you know, their goal by their junior year was I want to go row lightweight at Harvard, Cornell, Dartmouth, you know, and, and that sort of got us into a, a little more focus than some on water people on the erg, because the, basically the big recruiting metric as to if you're going to go get into one of those schools is, you know, obviously you got to do your, studies and you got to get your grades up and all that. But what, from a rowing aspect, it's just like, what's your 2k time, right? If you're okay. not sub six, whatever, Harvard doesn't want to talk to you. You know, <laughs> like it's just the way that it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, it's basically, I mean, to a, a certain extent, I mean, it, it, is that something that you feel has been an ever increasing metric and ever increasing intensity? Um, throughout your career because you've actually got, you know, a good kind of, I started rowing, I think I started rowing on the water in 2004. So you've, you've got a little bit of extra time on me. And, and when I came in, it was like, I started, I've been rowing in the gym for about a year at that point. And so ergs have always been like completely part of the sport for me. And I've never, really known anything else have you ever have have you seen ergs come in and take over or is it just always been kind of it's this training tool it's always been part of, part of our lives i think it, i would say it depends on sort of what where you're coming from um from the coaching standpoint when we were coaching you know the athletes at that time it, it was still even you know what is your 2k um, hey there. Uh, but I think as we've gotten out of the competitive space and sort of getting our athletes and the kids groomed up and getting them tried to recruit it off to college, we've sort of taken the approach to like we take the the um, the emphasis off the 2K, but that's only with our clients that we're currently coaching, not when it came back to sort of what we were coaching on the water as competitive. Yeah. So it, it, it's always had that big focus. And so there, you know, I mean, again, it's this thing that I hadn't quite got from talking to you before that you clearly got this enormous history for, you know, as, as long as you guys have been rowing almost, it seems like you've also been coaching in one way or another. And is, is that just an expected part of being in a rowing club in the U S or was it just you you wanted to get involved. You wanted to be part of it. Well, I mean, from my perspective, and, you know, one of the things that a lot of the clubs do around here is over the summer, you're running learn to ropes, right? You know, yeah. just 
this learn to program and, and at the club we were at was pretty large. So these learn to rows every week, you got 25, 30, 40 kids coming in the gate that don't know how to row. You got two coaches, those two coaches. So a lot of the, you know, like every, every club that I've run, when we do these learn to rows, it's like pair people up. You have these two guys, here's an erg, teach them how to row for 15 minutes. And then, you know, you're at least going to get yeah. them to arms, body, legs, legs, body, arms, and sit up and all that type of stuff. So just for volunteering over the summer, you know, like that started pretty early in my career. And we were, you know, coaching the younger middle school kids and stuff like that. Um, and then from there, you know, like I started coaching on the water when I was 18. So like I went up to UF and basically immediately sat in the launch. It's a club team. They didn't have a coach. They needed one. I was one of the more experienced guys. So even then I was coaching guys that are older than me. And then he obviously has experience as a coxswain. And that's like basically what he did. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I sort of naturally got into coaching the master's rowers because I was ideal. I could fit in the coxswain seat and I would stick around for an hour and a half after, after our practice was over and I go steer him around the lake and do that. So I sort of found a natural progression from coxing into coaching. And then yeah. frankly, I think that Justin and I found a common passion for the sport, um, just rowing as a whole and then competing. Um, I think we really, really hung our hat on how well the program did and how we were able to advance it year to year to year. It wasn't just trying to have a good year. It was a matter of if we want to, if we want to get top 10, we need to grow the club by X number of people. And I think at that point was almost when we started to look at rowing almost like a business because we need to fill seats in order to find the success that we want and to compete at the level that we wanted. So it's a matter of recruiting kids and rowers in the same way you'd recruit clients in, our, in the gym as it is now, just trying to fill seats and get more bodies on the ergs in boats. So I just want to like dive into that because I find that partly because I'm in a really, really small club myself and we've just started out. I think we are honestly, as an open club, we are less than 18 months old and we have 20 whole members. They, you know, we, we look around at the reality of our club, which is a wooden shack on the side of the small river. And we know that it can only ever get so big, but we, you know, we, we dream. So, I mean, what was it that actually you guys said, this is how we get people in? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, it's just word of mouth and like hustle, you know, like we didn't, there wasn't an event at the local high schools that we recruited from like the day they pick up their textbooks, we were there, you know, like, okay. and you know, if you're doing stuff like that, the biggest thing that you like bring a boat, bring the biggest boat you have. Like we would take an eight and we would put it in the middle of their cafeteria and just everybody's got to <laughs> walk around this thing. So you, you, you know, like, because the biggest, the biggest problem that most teams face is you walk into the, where your, your potential rowers are from. And the worst thing you can hear when you ask somebody, Hey, have you been, are you interested in rowing? I didn't know we had a team. Well, that's a problem. That's when you need okay, to get yeah, yeah. the biggest footprint as humanly possible on that campus or on that, you know, at the, in that town or wherever you're bringing your, you know, literally put something in their way that they're going to bump into. <laughs> okay. So, so it's like, get out everywhere, get into shopping centers, get into schools, just right. like get out there and, and just like wave the flag essentially. Yeah. And, okay. and sort almost, almost tasking the athletes to go out and recruit, you know, 
what was it? The baseball players, the basketball players, and the football players that just got cut. We would say, hey, let's let's go recruit them. They're, you know, they're, they're athletes. Just because they got cut from the football team doesn't mean that they can't be a rower. And we found a lot of success in there as well. That was obviously hugely successful. That got you to, am I right in saying around about 2014, 2015? Yep. And then it's kind of like, it's lived to row. Yeah, I mean, you can you can imagine. Obviously, we you know, as as coaching on the same team, you know, you go to all these, you know, overnight races, and at the end of the day, you're sitting around, you know, having a beer or two, and you know, we just started thinking about this as a business, as as an opportunity, independent of the club that we row for. Um, I remember he was the one who brought it to me first, Stephen, and he was just like, you know. What if, what if this was an idea? Like what, what would happen? And once it got a bug, you know, in, in our heads, we just, that pretty much took over a lot of our time. And we started taking a look at what it would be to actually feasibly make a rowing gym where like all we do is row on the earth. Like, and especially if you talk, if you tell that idea to most rowers, they're like, who the hell would want to do that? Nobody. You know, like why would uh, just yeah. row it? You know, like that's the worst part of being in a rowing program. Right. It's the erg. Everybody hates the erg, you know, and I think what we do at Live to Row and the way that we structure it at Live to Row is much more similar to the rowing that you do on the water, you know, as opposed to like what we're not saying is, okay, it's Tuesday. Everybody do eight by 500 all out. You know, like if that was what we did, we would have no clients or we would have a few clients that are a little bit ill in the head, but like we would not have (laughs) a successful business. So the more we took the focus on make the ERG a workout machine and technical tool, not an evaluation tool, because that's the way that most rowers see it is. I'm going to be evaluated and then I'm going to be on some spreadsheet. And if I'm not in the top eight, then I'm going to feel bad about myself. Or if the time didn't go down, then I'm going to feel bad about myself. And so when we took it from that perspective, you know, people, people liked it. It wasn't a punishment. It wasn't something you could fail at. It was just, let's get better at rowing today and let's row to get a workout today. Okay. So that, that seems like, I mean, yeah, that is a very, very novel approach. So maybe just kind of like take me through like one of your traditional pre-pandemic live to row classes for the, you, you've just got, I mean, it's just an open class, right? For the people of Orlando, they come in, they get changed, they sit down and what happens next? So something that we've got really good at doing over the past six years now is teaching people how to row that have had zero background, never touched a machine before. Um, so if you come into the class, you're going to get a, you're going to get a five to 10 minute intro with one of our coaches that's going to give you a simplified version of the rowing stroke. And I say simplified because as someone who's been rowing for a long time, you know, the instruction and the detail can get convoluted and just get in the way. So we try and break the stroke down and keep it very, very simple, give them a nice introduction. And then we sort of break into the workout portion of our class, which we run a total of about 30 to 35 minutes uh, as a workout. But as as we start the workout, we begin it sort of like you would if you were going to take a 30 minute row out on the water. 
We're going to spend the first minute, minute and a half doing the pick drill. We're going to spend the next couple of minutes doing some drills. And then we'll go ahead and move into the workout section, which again will be broken down or put together like some of the stuff you might see on the water. We're not just rowing 20 minutes at 20 strokes a minute and so on and so forth. We'd like to keep it varied. Uh, we like to make sure that you're thinking about how you're doing and what you're doing and have a clear understanding as to why that's important throughout the class. Uh, yeah, okay. I mean, it, it, like, uh, to sort of like explain, a lot of our classes don't have much more than five minutes continuous rowing before we're going to throw in a drill. You know, it's very okay. like, okay, let's go. We're all going to take it up at a, you know, at a 16 for 30 seconds. We're going to build out of that to a 22 for 20 seconds. You're going to paddle a little bit. I'm going to reset you on a finish pause or a body pause or whatever. So that way it doesn't get to the point where like one, anybody is like suffering, right? Because there's way too much suffering. There's way too much advertising around the suffering and the sport. Like it's like, we're trying to convince people that what we do is terrible and they shouldn't do it. So like, let's not make people suffer. But in that 32 minutes, this guy got in, you know, 6,500 meters, you know, we, that's 32 yeah, yeah. minutes. We put a two minute break in the middle. There's pauses, there's paddles. So like at the end of the day, this guy basically rode six miles. He rode, you know, seven K or whatever it is. So he got a workout in, you know, yeah. and it wasn't too terribly miserable. He broke a sweat. He's getting stronger. And that's, that's the focus. The focus is not misery and pain. <laughs> I mean, that that is a unique selling point, I think, for anything almost involving rowing, but definitely involving indoor rowing. I mean, I've, I've been part of various different indoor rowing communities for a very, very long time. We are a fairly kind of special breed. Like you said, they're, they're like, there are certain types of people who just do enjoy the pain aspect to it. Yeah. One, so, of, one of our coaches is really active in the triathlon community and okay. he like, but he's also, he's also a rowing coach, row coach on the water. And he talks to me when we talk about the business, um, he talks to me a lot about triathlon because triathlon and rowing, there's a lot of sort of overlaps there. Like, but triathlon has grown a lot, at least in this country, because like they focus on just like, it doesn't matter how slow you are. It like just finish and great job. You know, that's it. Yeah. It's not, they do not advertise. If you just look at some of the, some of the like, you know, Instagram and, and Facebook feeds of these rowing companies, it's like just pain, suffer, misery. Like, and it's like, well, you're trying to get people to do your thing, you know, not, yeah. and I think that triathlon has a much more inclusive sort of more like brand marketing for their sport where it's just like, yeah, just come on out. You're going to be slow. Maybe you're going to get faster over time, but you're going to finish and then you're going to have your beer and then you're going to high five somebody. And then you're going to be on with your weekend, have a good day. Um, and while the top people in triathlon are certainly those people who are suffering and doing an unholy amount of mileage and whatever, like that's not the stuff that they celebrate. Like, you go to one of those triathlon things, there's almost louder cheers for the people that finish on the back third than the front third, because those yeah. are the people that are just like, you did it. Good job. I, I totally agree with that. And we've got exactly the same thing happening in the UK with triathlon. Uh, it, it, you know, rowing slightly suffers in comparison. So our national rowing lake, Dorney Lake, um, where we had the Olympic rowing, 
there are more triathlons run or swim in that lake than there are rowing regattas. I mean, that, that, I mean, basically that scares me a bit. So, you know, a lot, a lot of what I'm so interested to talk to you guys about is like, how do you grow the sport? And it seems as though you've got to, like, like you said, just get out there, stick a boat in somebody's cafeteria and go from there. Live to row. It's kind of like, it's like a spin class with, um, with rowing machines almost. You, you've got a rowing-focused gym. D- tell me a little bit more about what the business does and how it works and, you know, what the other services are with Live to Row. Yeah, I mean, so we, we started out just indoor rowing classes. Um, you know, that's, that's, where, that's where it all started. Um, we had, you know, a pretty decent client base and then COVID hit. And, you know, it's another one of those things that I sort of like remember in my mind pretty, I mean, it's, it feels like 20 years ago, but it was only two. We had to shut down like March 20 something. Uh, yeah, it was his birthday. March, March, March 25th. 25th. Oh, we had to shut down with, with no idea when we we're going to open up. So that was a Friday. I remember this specifically. And I remember spending Friday night thinking, well, the business is, there's no way we're making it. Like we're, we might as well just shut it down, sell the ergs, see what we can do, you know, and I'm going to figure out something, another team to go coach at or something. And then by like Saturday afternoon, we were like, okay, what are we going to do? And the first thing we did was we rented all of our ergs, right? All of our clients, if you want to rent one of our machines, we told them Sunday at noon, we're putting them on first come first serve. We've got 14 machines. Was it 12 minutes? Yes. 12 minutes by 12, 13, all 14 ergs were rented. Right. Okay. And like, okay. Well, like these people are pretty motivated to keep doing this thing. And then we're like, okay, these people have the ergs. What are we going to do? You know, cause they're not, these are people that who's only rowing experience. Most of them is just in this studio with us here, you know? And so we started doing some videos and basically he'd row a class and I'd coach him and then we put it on YouTube or whatever. And then our clients could follow along and it's like, okay. And then when we realized we were going to reopen in May, it was like, well, let's get some, see if we can't get a setup in the studio where we can do our live classes with people from all around the country. Um, And now we've got more virtual business than we do in-house business and Every day we're running six classes exactly like we did before, right? With the same focus. It's just instead of it just being a handful of people at the studio, there's, you know, anywhere between four and 15 people on this television over Zoom and we're coaching them as well. And if I'm going to add, it's been an interesting sort of evolution because I think our, our step out of coaching juniors back in 2015 when we opened the space was a step in the direction of trying to make it easier for everyone to get access to rowing because rowing has incredible health benefits if it's taught and it's you know guided properly. So that was that was our step into the gym. And then we were running it, we were growing it. We, you know, we looked, thought about okay, Livero Studio, storefront, storefront. COVID happened, we started to get out to, to offer the services to our existing clients. And then we started getting, like Justin said, clients from around the country. And then we sort of tried tried to improve how we were offering our services, but we didn't change what we were doing in here. All we did was broadcasted our live class to the people at home 
and coached them the same way we would coach you if you were in here. So we just tried to make sure that it felt like the same experience in the same class, whether you were at home or you were in the studio. So can you guys actually sort of see the guys at home? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, you've got that one, that kind of, I don't know if it's one-to-one, but that kind of virtual contact like we're talking now. Exactly. 100%. And that, that's the, that's the key to what we do. Um, that, that, you know, you're, is kind of different is we're going to run this live and I'm going to be watching you row. We do, we offer a free one-on-one to anybody who is interested in becoming a client, no commitment, just like 30 minutes. And I'm going to coach you. And in that, 30 minutes. Basically what I try to do is one, like I got to teach you how to set your camera up so that way I can see you right. You know, because we have on water experience. So where do I want to see? I want to see a profile view of the rower from about six feet away. So I can see catch to finish. I can see the whole erg. I can see everything. So once we get them set up in that little session, then I, you know, give somebody some, and we're, they immediately find the value that they've been missing. And that is like, real time feedback from a human being who is going, nope, hands up, no, a little bit more. Yep. That's the one. There we go. And boom, the watch shoot up, the split goes down, they feel it. And it's like, okay, this is what I've been missing. Because again, every rower who got on the water knows that you have to have a coach teach you how to do it. You cannot just watch I could I could never have watched a couple hours of rowing videos on the on YouTube, gone to my local boathouse and been like, no, I'm good. Let me hop in the eight with your guys. Like it's just never going to happen. Um, so bringing that live feedback in real time, I mean, people just they see how much they improve uh, right off the bat. Cool. I mean, yeah, it, it's it's something I everybody I've ever coached, I've kind of said to them. You know, if you took a hundred people and sat them on a rowing machine or put them in a boat and told them just row, more than ninety-nine of them will get it wrong. Absolutely. It's a very, very counterintuitive motion to like do it right. And the and once it's it's incredible, but especially when it comes specifically to like suspension you know what i'm saying i mean we we this is like the, the the bulk of what we coach has to do with suspension of the body weight right obviously through the recovery you got to set up to make sure the body's in the right place to suspend but like when you get people on the erg the first time and if the first time they suspend for whatever reason those 99% of people go that can't possibly be right that yeah. can't possibly be right. Like that was too heavy. There was too much load. And they need another human being to be like, no, that's actually what we're going for. Here's how I get you to actually not come off of the seat, but I want you to feel like you're going to during the drive, you know? And yeah, I mean, that that is the thing that is the, the most, that people struggle with the most. Guys, there, there's something that we, we talked before and you, you came up with this, incredible thing that I, I'd really like you to d- dive into. You, you do marathon coaching for the ERG. Yep. And now I've done a half marathon and um, I've done it twice and both times it left me ruined. I mean, I was like for 48 hours, I was, I was not in a happy place, but so like full marathon 42 K 
And the thing you said to me that if you are a distance runner, you're going to like the ergo. You just need to know how. Can can you tell me a bit more about that idea? Because that that that's a that's a great one. Yeah, I mean a a lot of a lot of our clients have come to us from a distance running background. So they enjoy cardio. They're okay with their heart rate being high and you know a little bit of that suffering that we don't want to talk about. But if you're running a marathon, it's gonna happen, right? And so, you know. If you were one of those people and then we put you on the erg, all I have to do is teach you how to do it correctly. And that mindset is going to transfer over immediately, you know, and the, we do individualized training plans as well for people that you know want to do something other than our classes or want to train on their own and just don't know what their workouts could be. And the most common type of plan we get is marathon coaching. You know, it's people that come to us and go, I have this erg, I've been rowing, I would like to do a full marathon. Like, and it's almost always by my birthday, right? By my 50th birthday, I want to do this marathon. I want to do, and there's nothing out there like it. And how do people, you know, getting people in a process to step up the mileage exactly like you would on a, in a running plan, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, just like uh, taking that mentality and putting it on the ergo and making sure people are doing it right essentially exactly cool it's clear you guys are riding something of a wave here what are kind of like the motivations that have brought like clearly so many people to you online what what has kind of like driven that i mean are, are you one of the few people who are offering this I think Justin and I both share a large passion for, for rowing as a whole. And I think we both see its, its ability to have a positive impact on, 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 um, on people's lives. And, um, okay. So kind of like this idea of you're getting more people from around the country online for your classes than you've got in the room. And I mean, what, what has like brought those people to you? How, how have you, what wave is it that you're writing? I think that ultimately what we're doing uh, that, that is really attractive to people is that we're recognizing that how you row matters and there's more to just making it look right that to, to find yourself uh, successful or to get the most out of the sport. So which is why when we offer the coaching in real time constantly, it's to make sure that people understand or they're picking up or they're learning exactly what we should be doing when we're taking the rowing stroke, you know, in order for it to be an effective workout, we've got to be doing it properly. And I can't tell you how many one-on-ones we've had where the stroke itself looks fantastic, but they're just not doing what Justin often refers to as, you know, the thing. You know, the suspension, the focusing on the work, the drive, producing power, um, you know, any experience in rowing, you know, that that's ultimately what we're trying to do. And the real time coaching allows us to deliver that and teach that. And that's the other thing that we we're you know, able to do is sort of create a sense of community. So much of indoor rowing is like this solitude i'm in my basement i'm doing it by myself out in the garage you know nobody really knows what i'm doing nobody can really relate unless i have a rower in my family to what it is and if i'm being successful or not 
And we're just trying to turn that on its head because like as rowers, what's the best part? Like the best part of rowing is like you go down to the boathouse, all your friends are there. You put the boats on the water, you work out afterwards. You know, when I rode in high school, you know, practice got done at like 645, but nobody left the parking lot until like 730. You know, you're sitting around hanging out, you know, all that type of stuff. Part of that is the community and that doesn't exist in the indoor space and really only can when you're running live classes. I mean, I have, we have relationships with people that we have never met. You know, she logs onto the call every day at 7.05 and it's like, hey, how are you doing? You know, how'd that work thing do? Or, you know, how, how was your kid's birthday? And like, that's, that's a not small part of it. Cool. Okay. So, I mean, Are you guys just like running with like webcams and regular mics or, I mean, have you got like some serious. Uh, I would consider everything we have pretty, pretty regular. I know that everything we've done to get this virtual launch has sort of been picked up the piece by piece. We started running zoom sessions on our phone using AirPods or, you know, whatever headphones we had, we would alternate classes and, Then we figured out, we tried to step it up, get some legitimate cameras, which were hard to find in the midst of the pandemic because everybody was getting into Zoom, you know, and then we just tried to basically improve the experience and try to deliver the same type of experience virtually to people around the world that we do in here. It's amazing to me how many clients in here have conversations with people on the TV like we do now. It's like you're in the class and there's a, there's an incredible amount of content, good content, bad content, but the majority of what's out there is follow along, rather generalized, but rowing takes some specific coaching. No two people are alike. No two people are going to row the same. I can't tell everybody to just strap this, put the strap across the widest part of your foot and expect you to be comfortable on the machine. There's just a lot more to it than I think people who are just getting introduced to the sport realize. And if we can bridge that gap and help educate newcomers to the sport and have them enjoy the workouts and enjoy the community and then also find success at the same time, then, then we would consider ourselves you know, successful coaches and successful business owners. Okay, so, so let's kind of almost break that that down. So you guys have clearly thought about this more than pretty much anyone I think I've met, um, on the rowing side. I mean, I'm, I've, I've met kind of gym owners and CrossFit guys who've, who've like, who've kind of turned this and it, but it's been in the, it's kind of the gym, the CrossFit thing. It's something on the side, but just in terms of, actually making rowing into a business and coaching rowing. You guys have thought about this in a huge amount. So could you just like kind of Justin, the thing tell us about the thing. How do you coach that? When we do these, these one-on-one sessions with people of, you know, I get some people come in like, yeah, I can go, you know, 152 on a 30 minute piece. And it's like, well, I would, do you want to make it 149? Because we can do that because you're just, you know, and then we get a lot of people that are just like, completely whiffing at it you know they're, they're doing 100 it's spot on legs body arms arms body legs and it's like okay you set them up and you make sure that 
they're in the right spot as they come into the catch, right? We're not super over compressed. They're not lunged down that, you know, you know what strong rowing looks like you get them there. Yeah. And then I think the thing that, that when we talk about suspension and doing the work, if you can relate it back to so like everybody can do it. If you can pick up a box off of the ground, you can suspend, you know, like okay. it's just about that feeling. And I think the other thing that we focus on is like literally the vertical lift, like get up off of the seat. And the big thing that when we're teaching that is like when somebody does it, like I have a video that we send to all of our clients to sort of tell them like, Hey, this is how you set it up. And it's this woman who like, I'm trying to get her to suspend. We're like 15, 20 minutes in. And then she finally does it. And she gets up off the seat. And like, I literally jumped up and I was like, yes, that's it. That's the one. That's what we want to do. And like that, you can't do that on a video. You know what I'm saying? You can't yeah, do yeah, that yeah. On, on, you know, if you're just falling. when somebody has that reaction, when you do it right. And there's just so much positive reinforcement behind that. And like, it literally will, it can take 30, 40 minutes for me to get somebody suspended. But once they do it and you give them that positive feedback of like, yes, that's it. And then they start trying to find it every stroke and they find it at lower, you know, higher on higher stroke ratings. They get that feeling. And once they know it right, they just keep looking for it again. Okay. So it's, it, it's that it's finding that one thing and finding the right way for each person to get there. I mean, that, right. that, that's, that's the thing. And then, and then it's just bringing people in and keeping them there and making sure essentially that I'm mean, okay. I don't know if I'm oversimplifying it. I'm, I'm sure you, you work pretty hard at this, but you make sure they're having fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing we were just talking about this, uh, you know, earlier today, like that, it doesn't need to be super complicated. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially yeah. in the indoor space, it's not, you know, rocket science. You just got to get somebody to understand what it is you're trying to get them to do. And like, I have had calls where I'm like, Hey, I know this is, first of all, we say 30 minutes, it usually goes like 40, but like I've had a person who's we're, we're 35 minutes in and we're still not there. And it's like, I'm good to figure this out if you don't have a time constraint and we'll get into like close to an hour before I get this person suspended. But once you get it and now he understands it, I know that every stroke he or she is going to take from here on out is going to be better than it would have been. So I'm going to put that time in on the front end to get you to understand the concepts. So that way every stroke is going to be better for the rest of your own career. Cool. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, when, yeah. I, I actually find that slightly mind blowing um, because I'm, I'm trying to coach people at the moment who have been, they've literally been rowing in, in a single skull by themselves for, I think about eight years. Yep. and it's been a zero coaching environment and there are just things there's like you know the powers there and you know the love for the sport and the love for getting out in the river is there and to be honest I, I, I know this guy on the ergo and I know the just like the love for <laughs> just blatting out everything he's got but it's just like right okay I've just got to find that way to that he gets the thing and then 
like turn it and yes for the rest of his rowing career it's just going to work and, and you know the, the thing about it is it's it's not the same for every single person right for some people like when you're talking about coming out of the catch right for some people i need it like i and if they're not getting it i need to be like jump off of it, jump off of it really quick. And, you know, we don't coach a lot of that because once you get it, I don't want you to be quick through the leg drive, but to get that first little lift of the hips and suspension, I need to talk about slamming the foot down. And then I get other guys who are just pushing the machine across the room. Like, yo man, I need you to step through it. And even the way, this is the other thing about you're a coach, like anybody who's coached, it's 80% of how you say it. 20% of what you said, right? Yeah. It's quick or patient, right? And you can't, you got to get into somebody's head that way. And once you, you know, like if you individualize what you're talking about to every person, you find your way to the thing that they need to understand to find the thing in the rowing stroke that all rowers know, but like, it just doesn't come across. It's not a natural thing. Exactly what you yeah. said earlier. And in order to get there, I mean, how you row matters. I mean, we boil it down to this and how everybody gets to that point is different. And we as coaches sort of take on that responsibility of navigating people to find that thing that we're trying to coach them for. And once they figure out how, then the rest sort of takes care of itself. You know, how you do it is so much more important than how hard, how long, or how fast. Once you get that, then let's work on how long or how hard or how fast you want to go. But yeah. how you apply Quality that first. power yep. matters. And maximize results and minimize injuries. I mean, I can't, I just can't imagine the first piece of advice giving somebody who's just unboxed an erg to, you know, pull a 2K, you know, time trial a 2K. <laughs> right? you know, it, again, just how, you know, you see it. it, you see it. it. It's that's crazy. It, it happens. And we, we frankly we feel obligated to try and put a stop to it and it's only to make sure that people find success and these rowing machines don't end up in the corner of the gym like they did 10 years ago you know yeah i mean it, didn't know how to use it yeah aaron my, my my podcast partner he he will tell everybody you know the first thing they made him do and he, he was a fit guy you know he was um he'd done every sport under the sun at that point he was a runner he was a boxer he was um, a swimmer. And when he got the first time he got to the rowing, um, club year 2000, they said, there you go. There's no 2k go. Um, and it got him hooked, but you know, that's because he's a little bit like me. He's a little bit cracked. Right. Um, most people, most people, if they did that, like they're out, you know, like I, I say this all the time. We make these new people 2K and it's like, why are we making them do the worst part of our sport first, right? That makes no sense to me at all. Like we'll get there, right? I want you to get there if that's one of your goals to be a sub seven minute 2K because you know, the guy who played Wolverine did it, right? I've had that as a motivation for a plan, you know? Like, and that's fine, but like, we're not gonna 2K right off the bat because one, it's going to be a miserable experience for two, for you yeah. Two, if I'm trying to build a training plan off of that data, that's garbage data anyway. So like, I can't even, that's, it's not even stuff that I want to work with because, you know, did he stop? Was he trying, you know, like, it's just, I don't, we, we don't do our training plans off of 2K data like that. That's, that's, that's cool. Trying. 
I, I mean, yeah, that it seems really obvious when you put it that way. Is is just like yeah, don't that that first like yeah, do a two k. That that's not such. I mean, what what is the first thing that you get people to do as like okay, you've got you've got the feel now. Okay, I mean, do do you just say you know we can do this or this or is there like a a workout that you give to people like I don't know fifty strokes or what what is it that you you get people into like this is how we're going to bring in the power? Yeah, I think in, in our classes specifically, um, we do a lot of like you know five stroke builds, ten stroke builds. We usually set it up with the drill coming into it because I want to have good form and posture. And then let's go five strokes, make the watts go up every time. All right, what was your highest? We row in watts. Uh, what was your highest watt? It's another thing. Like we make people row in splits and then they don't understand it. You know, like it's also counterintuitive because like the number going down is good, but like everybody understands watts. Like, oh, 300, that's better than 200. Good job, you know? And, yeah. you know, we'll set them up with a drill and do it again. And that's sort of how we work on power but the other thing we do is make sure that like the rating stays in a reasonable spot like we don't take strokes in the studio over a 34 six if you're really going after it like it's a lot of low stuff even when we're doing build fives and tens like that's topping out at like 34 35 you and shouldn't be going. I mean, the majority of our classes oh are, yeah the majority of our classes the stroke rating is probably below 21 22 yeah which, okay. which for a lot of newcomers to the sport might seem like it is slow. And, but sometimes what, what newcomers to the sport perceive as slow rowing is, is, is the stroke rating, but yeah. you know, fast rowing is the amount of power you're producing in relation to your stroke rating. So what we try to teach people yeah. to do is not only to row well, but then how rowing well directly contributes to effective power application, because that's what we're trying to do each and every stroke. If we can learn to apply power effectively on one stroke, then let's repeat, let's repeat. If you're good at 16 strokes a minute, let's try and train the body to do that at 22, 24, 26. And, and that's really sort of, that's another piece of, I think, what we're doing that most people in our space are not we're talking about the relationship between stroke rating and power and it's not just one metric it's both yeah cool i mean partly from talking to you guys partly because it's something the british rowing is pushing a bit i'm hoping that i'm going to set up some kind of class in my little corner of the uk i mean what is the one thing that you would say to me as a piece of advice for like, you know, when you've got like, I don't know, let's say four people sat in front of you on ergs. Okay. What should I say? What shouldn't I say? <laughs> this is what we spent the last six years figuring out, you know, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I I'm, think, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to get a shortcut from you guys. I'm like, right. Exactly. Exactly. I think that, you know, have, having, having, just he's even more technical focused than I am, but like, don't be afraid to stop your plan. If the rowing gets bad, right? Okay. Like, like here's the workout for today. Well, like cool. maybe four people walked in the door that can't do that. Yep. 
you know, so, okay, instead of doing 90 seconds on during this interval, like the lot, we did this 90 second interval, at, you know, 24 strokes a minute. And in the last 30 seconds, the rowing was absolute crap. Okay. Well, I'm going to lengthen out the rest period, shorten down the interval. Like, and I know this is very counterintuitive and it's just like, I talk about the coaching pendulum. Like we always, like, there's a bunch of, we always over go. There's so much focus on volume and strokes and quantity and quality is completely gone. Okay. And like, we've gone too far on that side of the pendulum where it's just like, just put in your 15 K a day, 80 K a week. And you're going to be awesome. And it's just like, sure. But like, if I could take down that and make it a higher quality 55 K like you can actually probably be faster, you know? Cool. And, and yeah. So the, don't, it's not just about quality or quantity. I will focus on quality. Yeah. And I think, I think putting the emphasis on quality, I, I don't think enough people, newcomers to the sport or even experienced, you know, look at how they row and how it impacts their numbers. Um, a lot, again, there's a lot of, let's just go harder to get that split from a 152 down to that 149. Well, what if I just had a better established body angle? What if I just got, you know, got two more inches of length on the front end? Uh, maybe there's something technical you can do to help you achieve that power output rather than just focusing on going harder to drive the splits down. Okay. So it, I mean, it's almost taking that kind of that technical kind of like you, you have to row well, sorry. Yeah. Stupid thing to say, but you have to row well to row well in a boat. You it, otherwise it, it just doesn't happen. You can't go fast. So it, but it's taking that like necessity for, technique for posture and for all those things that you put in the boat and putting it into the erg and making sure right we're still getting it guiding people to that point and when it and, and when it's going wrong like that's it forget it we're not, we're not gonna we're, we're just gonna s slow it down make it easier until we've got that back 100%. I think that like every, every rowing coach on the water has had those days. Well, okay. The plan is not working. We got to shut them down, do some pause drills, and maybe we can do half of the amount that I wanted to do, you know, like bringing that to the erg as well, because it's not just about pain and suffering. Like we talked about, you know, it's, it's about making sure that there's quality rowing happening. And, and, and rowing well and quality rowing is not just so that it looks well or looks good, looks pretty. You know, pretty rowing is oftentimes fast rowing, but, you know, there are, there have been years and, and, and many books written about like biomechanics and rowing, what works and what doesn't. And, you know, there's a difference, I forget where I read it, but there's a difference between, you know, how you're rowing and, 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 and the style, you know, yeah. there, there is a right way, you know, physics and biomechanics works a certain way, but we want to make sure that we stay towards that most effective way to apply your power first you know if we start to go you know 60 minutes could be very very beneficial or it could be detrimental depending on how you row that 60 minutes yeah I, I i think that is so important and i mean even in my own training i really have to kind of sit myself down talk to myself and say look you don't need to do yeah the 60 minutes you don't need to hit 16k just make sure you're getting a good 40 minutes, a good half an hour and actually, yeah, make it count, make it matter. I mean, just that idea 
apply to all of coaching. I mean, that I, I think that's that's something we haven't talked about enough on the pod, and it's really good to hear it again. But in terms of like the other way, going the other way, what what is the, like the one thing that you you don't do with new people with beginners other than make them do a two k? What what is it? Just like okay, let's not do this. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the list is pretty long. You know, <laughs> okay. the list is, the list is pretty long. There's just a bunch of things, especially specific to the erg that, you know, I mean, one is, you know, I don't like, it's all, there's just a list of pet peeves that I have, right? Like, I don't like rowing feet out. I would never have a newer person row feet out. I think that's way too overdone. Like, I, I want them to have that safety net because like, what I want you to do is I want you to get suspended and I want you to stay suspended into the finish. Well, if I'm having this new person row feet out, they're terrified they're going to fall off the back of the machine. Because they do. <laughs> right. And so, like, I, they're basically, I'm just telling them, okay, even if you do get suspended, a new person is going to bail about halfway through the drive and just stop any momentum. Okay. And then, like, the fan just dies. And, you know, that and then, like, I don't want them to know anything about the fan or the drag factor because the instant you start telling per like i see have seen coaches who do in their learn to row they put the fan up on 10 for the first strokes you've just taught that person that the fan creates resistance and you don't and that's a problem because now they think oh well i need to put the the 10 on because that's how i can find that resistance and it's like well like i row drag factor like 97 and like, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of resistance when I'm pulling, you know, 200 Watts at a 15, you know, like, so okay, yeah, yeah. I don't even explain that to them. All of our fans are basically on four, like, and it, it you could go months rowing at our studio before you saw somebody that moved it. And that's, those are people that are millions of meters in and they have found that they like 115 over 105 or 125. And that's cool. But like, Newer people, none of that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Cool. And I would say we, you know, we have a pretty well-established system in how we sort of rate our our uh, our clients. And they sort of have a zone card and they know exactly what they should be hitting at any given rating. Um, so what I'm getting out there is don't compare yourself uh, to the neighbors that you're rowing against. I, I row next to Justin. She's got 70 pounds on me. I row next to my, my mom, who's 60 years old. She's got He's got her his numbers to hit. I've got my numbers to hit. They've got their numbers to hit. So there's no really comparing yourself to others and trying to sort of rank yourself and compare your watts. Sort of meeting you where you're at and trying to make your own improvements. Okay. Yeah. I mean... Okay. Yeah. That is, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me that, that kind of like, because it, it, again, it's kind of like anytime you're on a new training program, you've got, you've got a new interval set or new way, you know, you can't go all out. You've got, you've got to find your, you've got to find where you are in it. You're not going to be at that max straight away. You've got to have a little bit of patience. You've got to feel your way into it. So yeah, that is, that is a big one. Um, thank you very much for the, for the, for the free <laughs> hints there. Um, we'll send you one of our classes. We record all of them and you know, like, well, I'll oh, send man, you that's... a couple and just be like, here's what, here's what it sounds like, you know? Oh, wow. That's like, that's like free consultancy. That's awesome guys. Thank you. <laughs> well, um, and, you know, we, we, 
Real quick, we mentioned the 30-minute coaching that we do for our online clients, but we give every one of our clients in studio and online a free two weeks to figure it out. And that's okay. it's because we recognize that the rowing stroke is not something that, you, that you're going to learn in a day. It might not yep. even be something you learn on day two, but what we like to tell people is right around day three, four, yep. or five Fourth class. is when you really start to pick it up, things start to come together, and you're really focused more on the workout than how you're rowing. So what we tell people in those first two weeks is don't worry about the numbers. Don't draw a comparison. Don't worry about the workout itself. Focus on how you're doing, what you're doing. And on day three, four, and five, you're going to be putting out more watts and more power on every stroke. And then you're going to find that effective workout that we've been talking about so much. Okay. That, that is pretty awesome, to be honest. Okay, guys, I have kept you a long time here. And I, I think we've, you know, when it comes to just like the hows and the whys of coaching, this has been like some of the best material I think we've had on the pod um, for a long time. So there's, I, I'm I, one thing that I, I haven't visited the U S very much. I've been to California and I've also been to Florida just for like three days. You know, I, I, I know it's, it's all a bit crazy at the moment with COVID and everywhere is like not normal, but, Give us a feel for Orlando. Give us a feel for how the rowing club fits into the community and tell us about Florida, which is obviously your home state and, and where you've chosen to make your life and your business. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing in, in terms of Florida and we get it a lot, I mean, obviously not now with COVID, but I mean, we get a lot of Northern teams that come down. The, the beauty of the, the Florida for rowing is like we can row 12 months a year. You know, and like our best water time is like, what is the worst? Yeah, November to like March. You can just come down here and make like real hay on the water because it's beautiful. It's usually not that windy. Um, you know, so it, it's a we when we were coaching on the water, that was the time where we could really separate um, and and make some serious gains technically. Um, so if you're, if you're on water rower, like there's a bunch of boathouses down here. Like, I mean, there've got to be 60 or 70 high school teams in Florida alone. And most of them have boathouses and most of them will let you train out of them either free or for a small fee if, if, if you want. So if you work down here and you wanted to come row, um, I mean, you're, you can find a place there's boathouses pretty much everywhere in the state. And then there's also what Nate Benderson Park down there in Sarasota yeah, where, where they, they had, had worlds. A worlds back in 2017 that we attended. So that's always a fun place to go visit if there's a regatta going on. Now, my abiding memory from my three days in Florida was seeing alligators in the bunkers in on the golf course. Um, yeah. That is true. <laughs> I mean, when you're out there on the water, how do you manage the alligator thing? Is it just, it, it doesn't happen or. Oh yeah. So when we co when we coached in, in Gainesville, we co we rode on this lake that was in a forest where when a gator got more than six feet, they would trap it and bring it to this lake. To so lake. like literally <laughs> in April, you could see 50, 60 alligators. Like I've had one swim at my launch, but I will tell you like one, most teams around here row on pretty like uh, on lakes that 
have a lot of like jet skis and bass boats and stuff like that. Like alligators don't want anything to do with that. Right. They're going to go to quieter places. They don't like boats. They don't like propellers. They don't like the the noise. Um, But I mean, I've, I've opened, when I was at UF, I opened a boathouse and there was a seven foot alligator in the middle of the bay. So like that that is a real thing and it's happened. Um, But we just try not to put people in boats that are going to flip basically, (laughs) like just don't get in the water. (laughs) Yeah, stay in the boat. Stay in the boat. Okay. Um, I mean, okay. I I, I love Florida. When it, I was there, I I just thought it was a completely unique environment. Um, I I hope I hope people come to visit um, because of the alligators, not in spite of them. I I, I, <laughs> I thought that was incredible. I I love those things. Um, Justin, Stephen, um, I. Don't know if there's anything else you guys want to add in. Um, do, do you want to? Yeah, tell us how um, some of our half a dozen, no, two dozen listeners in the US, and maybe our listeners in the UK can find you guys if they if they like the idea of this. Yeah. So you anybody who's interested in whether it's a free thirty minute coaching session or two weeks access to our online classes, which are available to anyone around the world can find us um, at liverostudios.com. As we talked about before, we do customized training plans from a 500 meter piece all the way up to a full marathon. If, 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 if you're looking for some specific training plans and individualized coaching, then we have that to offer. Um, what yeah, else do we have I mean- going I mean, those, those training plans, again, we're making those on a week to week basis. So on, on a weekend, I'm giving you your next one. We're looking at what you did the week before we're looking at where you're trying to go and we're making the plan based on that, those plans, everything we do is coach. So like you can't be a member of live to row studios and not be on a zoom call with one of the two of us, at least a couple of times a month, because that's where we actually get it done. That's where we do the coaching. And that's what we want to do. I mean, we, you know, we are phrased now that we're, we're using a lot on social media is like everybody deserves a coach, you know, like, and we can be the coach that helps you, you know, achieve that goal. Even if it's just, I like, I mean, we've worked with people who are like, I want to be able to row for 30 minutes straight. All right. That's fine. We have worked with people who I want to win crash beats. And we did that too. So all whatever spectrum nice. you're on whatever spectrum you're on in your rowing career like we just want to help people row because it's going to be better for the sport of rowing as a whole and their experience is going to be better if they have somebody like to talk to and to coach them we would never teach some ask somebody to row on the water without a coach we shouldn't be doing it for indoor either cool guys thank you very much it's been absolutely brilliant and um yeah everybody get in touch with these guys they seem absolutely great